0: Hey everyone, it's Kyle here. Just a quick note on this episode. The audio of this episode is going to be a little different than normal. The audio is going to be recorded live in a car for interview number one. My wife Beth and I for the interview wanted to do something extra special and talk while we were enjoying our drive together. So just a quick audio warning that it is going to be a little different than normal and future episodes won't necessarily be like this, but enjoy. Hey, what's happening, everyone? It's your boy, Colin. We're back with episode number eight of the Life Well Live podcast. Today is a very special podcast because for the first time ever on Life Well Lived, we're gonna do our first interview, and I'm super excited to do this interview. My very first guest is a person that is very special to me, so special, in fact, that I married her. That's right, it is my wife, Elizabeth Kirby Beth kirby and i'm so excited to have her on talking a little bit about our life together our relationship her work and the things she likes to do for fun so without further ado here is interview number one with my special guest beth kirby Hi guys, I'm Kyle Kirby, an entrepreneur, speaker, and friend, and welcome to Life Well Lived, a podcast designed to give you the ins and outs, the goods, and what you need to scale your life to the next level. All right, so as you guys can probably hear, the audio of this podcast is gonna be a little bit different because I'm not currently in for this first interview in my normal recording studio. So I'm actually in the car with Beth right now. I am driving, she is in the passenger seat, and. We're going on a Sunday drive. We're kind of driving around a couple different cities today, and we thought, what a great opportunity as we're driving to spend this time together with episode number one, and uh, I guess the first episode, uh, the interview number one, um, with her. So the audio is not going to be perfect, but we're going to rock and roll from here. So Beth being next to me why don't you tell the audience just a little bit about yourself like background like um, obviously where you went to school what you do for work um, your other what you do for work your pets names just kind of basic info so as they've gotten a little bit uh, used to me and have been in and been able to be introduced to me uh, they now can be introduced into you so just a little bit about yourself maybe 30 seconds to a minute
1: Sure. So my name is Beth Kirby, and uh, I get to be married to this guy right here. And so I actually grew up in the same city as as you, Kyle. We grew up in Andover, Minnesota. I have two siblings. I'm the oldest. My siblings are quite a bit younger, seven and eight years younger, which I think has contributed a lot to... I think we talk about this all the time, has contributed a lot to what our life looks like today, and also how uh, Kyle and I relate to each other in marriage. I am a health coach and an entrepreneur. I love getting to work with Kyle. And also, uh, I'm a dance teacher. And I love teaching dance, that's my passion. I feel like it is my field to really make an impact and to be a role model uh, for younger girls.
0: Okay, awesome. So I'd like to dive into that a little bit because I'd like to know, being in the dance world, can you give us a little bit of background of your dancing, why you have a passion for dance? Because I think you're in a really unique situation with your work is like, you have a job as a health coach, right? We, I've told you guys this in other episodes, but we we run nutrition clubs, we work with Herbalife and and we help people get healthy and get them uh, started on good nutrition programs and all that sort of stuff. But Beth has, we'll call it a side job, but it's definitely a passion project of, dance and the dance world so Beth can you walk us through a little bit about what that is in the dance world like your background in dance your passion for dance and um, I'd love Uh, for the other people out there, can you let us know the specific type of dance that you do? Um, Because um, I think sometimes when people think of dance, they might have a certain mindset, but um, I've been able to see over the last decade the type of dance you do and how fun it is. So can you kind of walk us through the dance world and uh, kind of how your passion grew in that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's probably important to specify what type of dance. So uh, I was technically trained in studio dance and rotated around quite a few studios until i found one that was uh it just opened my eyes to really what the dance world can be like and so i am trained in ballet tap jazz um lyrical contemporary uh, hip-hop if i'm forced and uh so you know it's really interesting i definitely had the perspective that When I was young, I was uh, put into some dance studios that were uh, maybe not of the strongest caliber. And it wasn't until my later years that I realized that I was really far behind in my technical training and I had a lot of catching up to do. And I had this very deep-seated belief that I didn't want to coach other dancers. I didn't want to teach because I didn't want my inability to hinder them like I wanted them to have the best opportunity if they decided that they wanted to go out and become professional dancers that that's what they could do and so I held on to that for a long time and until after I graduated I missed dance immensely you go from dancing you know 30 to 40 hours a week uh, to nothing and it's just such a huge part of your life and so I was looking for ways to fill that but I also held this very um, foundation of not wanting to mess up somebody else's dance career (laughs) at the heart of it and you know what happened was uh, someone had come into our place of business and they had said they had seen my picture on the wall that happened to involve Dance, and they said, "Oh, do you dance?" And I said, "Yes, I did." Do you teach? Well, uh, no, I've I've never taught. And you know, we're currently looking for more dance teachers at our studio. And you should give the owner a call and just you know see if it might be a good fit. And I had really been searching for something, some sort of avenue, even if it were just for myself to take class. And I thought, wow, this is pretty bizarre that this just this conversation just fell into my lap. I'm just going to give a call and see, see what happens. And so I did, I called, uh, I met with her. I went through the audition process. We had an interview and I was really clear that I, if you, you know, you can see what I can do. You can see where I'm at. If this is not going to be a good fit, if you feel like, I cannot add value to your girls and to your studio. Please don't hire me. Please, please, please do not hire me. I only want to be brought in. I don't want to be a filler. I want to be brought in only if you see me being able to level up your studio and to provide value for your dancers. And so it turns out that, you know, that was a good course. And, um, I'm so blessed and privileged to be a part of this dance studio. And like Kyle said, it really is a passion field. It's not only do I get my release through dance, but I also just get an opportunity to build extraordinary relationships with my dancers and to be able to understand what they're going through and to meet with them on that level and hopefully, hopefully teach them way more than dance inside of our classroom.
0: Wow, that that's phenomenal. So I'd like to um, go a little bit into background. So one thing that Beth and I like to talk about and reflect on a lot as we've been married, this next November will be five years total, so half a decade already. But we, we like to reflect on often our backgrounds and like w- how we were raised by our parents and how we were raised around our siblings and, and what we did as kids and how that influenced to who we are today. And we, we like to reflect on even other people. It's like, like almost psychologically why they do those things. So I've got a couple background questions for you um, that I'd like to walk through. The first one, because we work in the health and wellness field, I'd love to hear just a little bit about the background of like when you first started on Herbalife, how that really helped change your health and wellness and your physical state around, and also how it applied to dance as you were, uh, I mean, when you're talking about dancing 40 hours a week, that's like a full job to some people. And not only were you going to school in high school, but you were dancing, right after. I mean, that whole process, can you just walk us through that transformation you had that junior year of high school?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, it actually started out of, I mean, uh, my friend was drinking a tea and I walked into a nutrition club and it changed my life forever. I look back on that day and I'm so grateful for that day. I, um, you know, I was like Kyle said, dancing a lot. And so a lot of exercise, lots and lots of exercise, intense exercise. Uh, but I was also going home at night and eating a whole bowl of macaroni and cheese and Oreos at 1030 at night when I would get home from dance. And so not only uh, did I feel crappy, but I also felt uh, very insecure in my dance costumes, which at that time left a little bit... <laughs> <that> maybe <laughs> you, you know what I mean. So... <laughs> um I you know I just wasn't feeling super great about myself and so I think Herbalife really found me. The Nutrition Club found me right at the right time. Um, I got started on great nutrition and that's really what it came back to. That's when I started to see results. I was exercising the exact same amount that I was before, but I was able to lose 29 pounds. And not only that, but I was able to put on lean muscle, which made me stronger. Um, And I had more energy, which was absolutely incredible because you know, like Kyle said, going from school all day to dance, which really at that time is it's very comparable to having a having a job in high school uh you go to school you go to dance you come home you study you go to bed and you do it all over again and um so to be able to have that energy was a huge deal as well and as it pertains to dance itself us through getting that good nutrition it's kind of cheesy, but I really do feel like it moved me from the back line to the front line simply because I was so much stronger. I was so much stronger in my ability and in my skills.
0: Phenomenal. Now, when you were telling us about when you first came into dance and wanted to be hired and wanted to do things with excellence, I, knowing you as your husband, I know that excellence in everything you do is highly important. Can you talk us through, like, like early childhood years how you feel like that want for excellence and your hatred for laziness had had really come from those earlier years and how you utilize those through your teen years and your college years and even now as an adult of like living your life with excellence doing everything with excellence and really i mean you talk tell me all the time like laziness is your biggest pet peeve can you walk us through that
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes I think back to this and I'm always like, gosh, what did my parents instill? And sweet Jesus, if I can instill half of that in my children, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be in a good place. So I'm so grateful for them, uh, for instilling really what I think it comes back to is a good work ethic, two things, a good work ethic, and there's always a solution. So the first one, uh, my parents both grew up on dairy farms, uh, grew up in very hardworking families. Both my parents are very hard workers. And they, from a young age, had instilled in us as children that work is a part of life and you can either choose to enjoy it and find fun inside of your work or you can hate it. And, you know, it's kind of like when everybody, you know, complains about Monday, right? When people complain about Monday and they say, Uh, Are you going to, you know, hate one seventh of the entirety of your life? No, let's just figure Mondays out, right? And that was kind of their mentality around that. And so um, really learning to find good in work and to love working for something at a young age was incredibly helpful. I think it made a huge difference in my work ethic today. And not only inside of being a dance teacher, but also uh, inside of our business and being entrepreneurs, and then also um, doing things with excellence.
0: Awesome. So, um, I, my next question would be for those out there that maybe they feel like they struggle with work ethic, or they're they're struggling taking the next step forward in their relationships or their job. What are some tips you can give when it comes to working hard and work ethic that? Others can take away after listening to this podcast and really apply to their life, so that they can start working in a harder way.
1: Yeah, so I, I think there's a couple things actually. I think first, it's really important to have a clear vision of what you're working towards, right? If you're just working towards an aimless goal, there's not a whole lot of motivation in that. So, um, for example, back to uh, back to my childhood. Uh, from a very young age, my parents had a list of chores that were to be done daily. And I knew that if I did those chores, and I did them with excellence, right, I did a good job at them, that I was going to earn this allowance once a week, right. So from an early age, they taught me that, you know, here's what we're doing. And here's what you can earn. And at that point in my life, I knew that if I did this and this and this, this would be the result. So have clear vision of what are you working towards? What is your end goal? What, I mean, what is that thing that you're saving for? What is, um, you know, are you saving up for your house? Are you saving up for a vacation? Are you working to pay off a bill? Are you, what are you working for? And then um, I would say, start with something. Start with something. Just do it, right? Because It's the saying that uh, an imperfect plan started today is better than a perfect plan never started. So just go for it. Don't hold back. Get right into it. And if it's uh, even a small step, right? Like what is one thing that you could do for 30 days that would drastically change your life? What is one thing that you could do? Could you... I'm trying to think as it pertains to work ethic, right? What, what if you for 30 days committed to, I'm going to make my bed every day before I leave the house, just that I'm going to make my bed, right? And not so much for the impact that making your bed is going to have on your life. Although I do have a strong belief system that when you have a clean area space, the rest of your life is decluttered as well, right? If you can't find mental space in your mind let's try cleaning up our personal space okay so (laughs) along with that but not even for that sake what if you committed to doing something for 30 days just to prove to yourself you could just to prove to yourself that you could do it for 30 days because you made the commitment because here's what's going to happen after day 30 and you've made your bed every single day for the last 30 days before you leave your house man that's a lot of wins before you leave in the morning right? Not only is that habit going to be ingrained, but now you have a little bit greater belief that you can do anything that you set your mind to. So what are we going to do for the next 30 days? What are we going to do for the next 60 days? Can we start taking on a little bit more, right? And gradually you're increasing your habits. You're proving to yourself that you can keep a commitment to yourself, which then in turn, if you're focusing on this, can
0: also improve your work ethic. Awesome. And okay, so I'd like a little bit of advice because so for those of you that don't know, Beth and I have been together like as a dating couple for about 10 years now. And when I first came in, I would have always considered myself a hard worker. I would have thought that until I met Beth and her family, who are some of the most hard working people on the planet. So what I'd like to know in, in that transition, because I've be- become a harder worker over time, I've learned to become self disciplined, and I've learned to do the important things for those people out there that feel like, okay, I feel like I'm a hard worker. I Maybe like I'm a, I don't wanna pick on us guys, but maybe I'm a mom and like I'm raising the kids and I'm doing this work and I just feel like my husband's not helping around at home or vice versa. It's like I, I'm, I'm a, a, a husband or a dad or and, and I'm doing all this good stuff and I'm working for the family and then I come home and the house is a mess. If you're someone who tends to be more of the achiever in a relationship and the person that you're living with or in a relationship with is not quite as go-getter as you, who as hard worker as you, what advice do you have for those people and how they can work with that relationship and still build a very successful and thriving relationship within those circumstances?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So two things. One, open communication. Be very clear about what your expectations are. So, and I, and I, I don't, I mean, you're in a relationship, right? So so it's not rules, right? You're just saying, Hey, this is what's really important to me, right? Be very clear with your spouse or your significant other, uh, what's important to you, right? So that you are not putting these unfair expectations on them that they don't know, right? So they're making you mad. You're getting frustrated with them, but they have no idea, right? So first I would say, do they know that this is important to you? right whatever that might be do they know that you see the house being clean like that that's a really that's something that's really important to you right or that they also chip in with learning how to do some of the finances or whatever it might be right or that they chip in with helping put the kids you know like put the kids to bed, to bed at night right whatever that might be are they clear right have clear communication with them okay and then the second thing is drop it and lead by example drop it and lead by example. So let me, uh, let me give you an example, right? So uh, let's say that you're a wife and you really, really want your husband to paint the bathroom And you have been asking him to paint the bathroom for the last six months. And you have been nagging him. And you're frustrated because you just feel like, man, like I do so much around here. And all I ask is for him to help with this one job. Because heavens, I can't reach. (laughs) Like I cannot reach it, (laughs) okay? I cannot reach. If he could just help out with this one thing, uh, it would make all the difference. And so you've been asking him, asking him, asking him. Versus planting the seed about, hey, I would like this done. And then leading by example through continuing your normal work ethic. But then also, what are some things that are important to him? What are some things that you, being his wife, maybe this is his love language, what are some different ways that you could serve him? You want him to serve you in this way. What are some ways that you could serve him? And what if... For a short amount of time, you started doing those things and being really intentional about what is important to him. All of a sudden, he says, whoa, dang. My wife asked me how my day was. My wife told me that, oh my goodness, uh... I'm looking really good. I'm thinking about my husband, right? Because his is words of affirmation. And so speaking what's speaking compliments and speaking about all of the amazing things that he's doing and accomplishing in his life are very important to him, right? What if you started speaking to him in his own love language, right? Or quality time. If your husband's love language is quality time, right? Spending extra time with him. Like maybe he leaves early in the morning for work and you typically don't get up until an hour after he leaves. What if you started getting up in the morning and having breakfast with him? right? Spending a little extra time with him. Okay. So whatever is important to them, you begin doing and all of a sudden their mindset changes. Wow. Oh my goodness. They are doing this for me. She's doing this for me. And all of a sudden in the back of their mind, man, she has been asking me to paint that bathroom. I think I'm going to do that this Saturday. It's amazing when we give to others what what we receive in return. And that's not why we do it. It's not out of a manipulative nature. My only suggestion is to think about, is there something that's important to them that we in turn might be neglecting where we could make a change, they would see that change and maybe also make that decision for themselves.
0: Awesome. So a few weeks ago in our podcast, we talked about the five love languages. We just went over a very brief overview of the five love languages, what they are, how people feel loved and loved. So would you mind telling our listeners what your love languages are, your primary and your secondary love language, and then like how you feel most loved, not only in our marriage relationship, but in any sort of relationship and how you feel the least loved because of those love languages.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my love language is acts of service and my secondary is quality time. So, uh, but hands down, hands down, acts of service is very important. So, um, ways that I feel most loved, uh, would be when I come home and the house looks immaculate. The house is clean. The dishes are clean. um, the lawn is mowed, like these extra things that maybe would have been on my to-do list that I would have been responsible for doing when, they, when I come home and they're finished, it's amazing. Uh, ways that I maybe don't feel as loved is let's say that I just worked really, really hard on picking up the house and it is spotless, it's clean, I just mopped the floors and Uh, My sweet, sweet husband comes in and I'm at dance. He comes in and he makes his dinner and doesn't pick up anything. And the house is a mess, right? I feel doubly unloved when I worked hard at something and then it's unraveled.
0: Absolutely. So I want to go back a little bit about uh, to the dance area. And so you, you teach dance and you also run a business. You're, you're not only running uh, several Nutrition Club stores, but you're running an organization that does a certain amount of sales and, and is in a couple different states. I'd like to know how you balance both of them together and how you utilize both dance with the little girls and building an empire, building an organization Together, Like, I'd like to know how you you utilize both of those to grow yourself as a leader, but to also make sure that each of those two teams are as successful as possible.
1: Well, at the end of the day, I think that everything rises and falls on leadership. So I think that if I'm going to be an effective leader in either one of those areas, for either one of those teams, it always comes back to what am I trying to do to grow myself? What am I doing today to become a better person than I was yesterday and many times when I'm on that process the new things that I'm learning that's what I'm also teaching inside of uh, either our organization or inside of my dance room and with dance I teach children as young as six all the way up to 18 and so there is a very varying age range and uh, obviously our organization is adults uh, but at the end of the day we're all people. At the end of the day, we are all people. And so oftentimes, uh, I will take what I'm learning, and I will work hard to apply that inside of the dance room. And uh, what, whatever it is, whatever skill it is that I might be learning, uh, lately, we've been really focusing on uh, this idea that we create our own energy, right? So if we're bored, it's our fault, Like if you're bored, it's your fault. If you're tired, it's your fault. Right? We create our own energy. We can choose to turn it around just like that. And so I've been really working on that inside of the classroom. And then what I do from there, after practicing it with my dance curls, is that's when I'll take it and embellish it even more. And again, grow in delivery and grow in the idea of all of these things that I'm learning uh, for myself on a day to day basis. And then I will also transition that into our everyday. Work with the organization. So, same thing the idea of creating our own energy. How then can I take this concept that I'm working on in my own life, that I'm working on with my dance girls, and then also be able to incorporate that into our business to be able to
0: scale our business? Awesome. So, as an entrepreneur, I'm sure you've made a lot of mistakes. I'm sure you've made a lot of successes. If you could go back to when you were in your early days of entrepreneurship, when you were just learning how to be a good leader, when you were just starting to grow your organization, your company, all, all, all these sort of things, what were maybe a couple pieces of advice that you would've given to yourself in those early days in order for maybe, not necessarily things to turn out differently, right? Because we always wanna be grateful for what we're having, but what are some pieces of advice you would've given to early on, Beth?
1: Yeah. So I don't think, you know, I think you kind of touched on that a little bit. I don't think there's necessarily anything that I would change, but I would say that uh, a tendency that I had back then that I still sometimes uh, find myself stepping into today, but much, much more so back then was to play full out, play full out, not to be reserved. If there's an idea, go for it. And sometimes the idea is that you just got to do it scrappy. Like you're not going to, so often in life and when you talk to people who are successful in whatever venture they're doing so often they had no idea what they were doing before they started they had absolutely no idea if it was going to work out. They didn't have the perfect plan. They just went for it and figured it out as they went. And I think so often we are held back either by the fear of failure or we're held back by the fear of success. And we suffer from this thing called analysis paralysis, where we don't end up actually doing anything because we're constantly analyzing the options inside of our mind. And we're waiting for that perfect plan or that perfect person to change things around for us. But at the end of the day, what if that perfect plan doesn't come? What if that perfect person doesn't come? You are leaving your success in life up to that thing. What if they don't show up? Right? And so at the end of the day, I, and I still to this day, sometimes have to remind myself, it doesn't need to be perfect. You just need to go do it. You just need to go do it and you will learn along the way. And guess what? You're going to fail and it's okay. Because from failure comes learning and from learning comes growth. And you cannot get better at anything unless you first learn how to do it wrong. All of our failures lead up to success if only we're willing to learn from them. And so in part, also being
0: okay with failure. Alright, so to wrap up this podcast, I want to go through a couple uh, quick notes and then we'll finish with one thing. So one word answers or one, one subject answers, a uh, couple quick things. So I'd like you to share with us, what is one book you're reading right now?
1: Uh, Girl Stop Apologizing by Rachel Hollis.
0: What is a quote that you are thinking about on a daily basis currently?
1: Okay, I'm going to try to get this correctly. Uh, a ship in the harbor is safe, but that's not what
0: ships are created for. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, a couple, couple fun ones. Um, what is a favorite movie of all time? Doesn't have to be the favorite movie, but a favorite movie of Beth Kirby.
1: Uh, well, I'm am a, I'm a really big HP fan. I really love Harry Potter. <laughs> like, really, a lot. A lot.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay. And so last thing we want to leave our our listeners with is if you could leave these guys with one thing, just one thing short or long that like, if you would remember this one thing this week, you could change your life. You can do things differently. Well, whatever it may be, what is one thing you want to leave these guys with?
1: I think something that has been super prevalent that I have been working on changing my mindset on recently is if you don't like how things are, you can change them. One more time. If you don't like how things are, you can change them. If you don't like where your fitness and where your health is at, you can change it. If you don't like where you're at in life, you can change it. If you don't like the quality of your relationships right now, you can change it. And at the end of the day, it comes back to growing ourselves. And when we
0: make that commitment and that decision
1: to do it, our entire lives can change.
0: Wow gold man I knew I was I knew I was doing something right when I married you well thank you so much Beth for being our very first interview hopefully this audio turns out pretty good guys thanks so much for hanging out with us and um, Beth I want to just from the deepest bottom of our hearts thank you for all the gold nuggets today yeah absolutely